When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I know who he is as a player, and I know what he's capable of. And part of our job as coaches is is maximizing uh, a player's ability to go out every single Sunday and have success. So uh, I feel like that's going to be an advantage for us as we build our system offensively, make sure we really focus on the things Kirk does well, which I, I do think are a lot of aspects of playing the position. Um, and help him, help him uh, on a daily basis, connect with his team, lead us, um, be completely uh, a quieted mind quarterback that can go play because he's talented enough to go do that uh, and putting him in the best possible situations to have success. Judd, are you, are you quiet-minded right now? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I am. Huh? Meditation is key to my quiet-minded lifestyle. You know, I, I honest to God, I mm-hmm. meditate every single night before going to bed. You could call it just like going to bed, I guess. But I, I, I get rid of my phone mm. five, ten minutes. You do try to, yep, try to just be in the moment, relax, some deep breaths. And it do you helps, like? It helps. It helps. You like me at the end of the day. Close your eyes and like, or do you like focus could on be, something? Could be either. Or you could just kind of stare off into the distance, you know, ceiling. Meditation is good for the soul. I have to try it. <laughs> I've never tried it. Uh, I think I've, I think we I've, I think we I'm should not. have have a special podcast where we just, it's just Judd meditating. For I like read thirty minutes. I literally read my phone until until I get so tired. It's your eyes. Stay away. <laughs> so, that's so no, but like you? I pass out then. Why? Because then I get so tired. I'm like, now it's time to sleep. What? And then do you, and then do you check your phone immediately in the morning? Oh you, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's definitely like not recommended. Yeah, either Why? one of those things. What's the problem? You're staring I at mean, a at a at a at a phone, and it keeps you up. It's bad for your eyes. No, no, no. It makes me tired. It makes me. It puts me to sleep. It's not good for you. Yeah, I feel like, like you need to be more quiet minded. Proof here. behind this? Uh, yeah, there's like, a lot of great articles. We'll send you some articles. Yeah, we'll, we'll send you the science. Like, are we talking bra- like yeah. like brain tumors? It's not or like what? No, yeah, no. It it, it it's a it's a scientific fact. Yeah, we'll we'll get you some we'll stuff. Some I mean, welcome to well, well, welcome to Feedback Friday, by the way, here on Mackie and Judd, where we uh, we turn the entire Friday show into you guys sending us questions, comments, critiques, concerns, whatever it is. You can always hit us up through the Score North app, Twitter, YouTube. Um, we 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 check all different places for for comments. Let's uh, all kinds of Viking stuff, as you can imagine, this week. So let's get into this one from David Lindell via the Score North app. Culture collaborate communicate must have been uttered 30 times during kevin o'connell's press conference 
I'm going to stop right there and say that we can, uh, we did the count on this. Uh, collaborate was uttered 10 times. Culture was uttered 14 times. I didn't look up communicate, but uh, connect was uttered 21 times. So that's your, that's your official count. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you they're, connect, they're you communicate. Cousins. I think that's close. Yeah. Uh, LOL, David says, we have so many great alumni, and Pete Bursich is the one that he gets the most excited about. So David's a little skeptical, <laughs> a little skeptical about the culture, collaborate, communicate. And then, uh, yeah, he mentioned John, the Vikings greats like John Randall, Randall and Randall McDaniel and Pete Bursich. Yep. And I love Pete Bursich, don't get yeah. me wrong, but it was kind of funny. So uh, I don't know, David's a little skeptical, I guess. What are your thoughts? Okay. Um, there are certain things that people are going to say at their introductory press conference, which, you know, you, you, you probably, in fairness, roll your eyes at a bit. I'm a very skeptical guy, as most know. I am not that skeptical about the, this guy. I, I think we saw who he is. Yeah. Um, now, now, my question is, is that going to work? I have no clue. Um, this very much is like the change, and I am not saying that their personalities are going to be the exact same. But, Phil, in a lot of ways, this switch is very much Childress to Les. Les I mean, Les was a smart guy, is um, incredibly, you know, open to communicating, player-friendly, did what the team asked when it came to media, when it came to players, when it came to fans. So, and... I know that Les was fired after, I think, three and a half years, and I know it didn't work. Uh, and he, he was a defensive guy, and O'Connell is an offensive guy. I get all that. But as far as the person personalities go, and as far as the difference in going from a gruff guy like Childress, or in this case, Zimmer, to, to Les or KOC, it's a very similar shift. And look, it's going to be a breath of fresh air. But, like, I'm not skeptical about, I don't, I, Fleck, PJ Fleck has what I would call, and it's probably to a large degree his personality, but I would call it an act. Like, he is taking himself and and presenting an even different, I think, what he perceives yeah. should be the expectation, right, of a college coach. Kevin O'Connell, I didn't sense that. I think Kevin O'Connell is a down-to-earth, nice guy who hopefully, for the Vikings' sake, is a really good offensive mind. But I didn't walk away thinking there's a lot of BS there. I think we saw him, which is a positive. So, like, yeah. I'm not skeptical. Might not work, it, but I'm not skeptical of him. Not only am I not skeptical, I am, I am absolutely all in. I love New Age leadership speak, and I think, you know, the difference between Kevin O'Connell and P.J. Fleck, because they both, they both talk about connecting and collaborating and culture sure. and all those things. But PJ is more of a marketer. He's taking, yeah. and I don't think he's, I don't think he's, you know, disingenuous. I, I, I think, I think PJ takes what he believes and just cranks the volume up on the marketing because in college football, you have to recruit players to play for your team. I agree. In the NFL, there's a little recruiting, like there's some free agency recruiting, but it's mostly like financial recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're looking to play for winning teams, but it's, it's very much like, even across the board for the most part in terms of like Alabama and the Gophers aren't equal, but you're in Ohio state and the Gophers aren't equal. Right. You're trying to pull players in. So you have to, you have to be a marketer. Uh, I, I thought Kevin was extremely genuine. 
I thought he was honest. And I think he's going to do a great job of sort of picking up the pieces that Mike Zimmer left. And I, I don't want I don't want this whole thing to turn into a bash Mike Zimmer festival. Mike Zimmer was a winning coach. And Mike Zimmer was right about a lot of things. And we'll get to some of those things throughout Feedback Friday and even on the, the comments episode of Purple Daily because there's some good sort of compare-contrast questions. But, um, but the last couple years of Zimmer really burned out that locker room and the organization. And Kevin seems like the perfect type of temperament and demeanor to come in here and do all the things that he's saying. And, yeah, culture, collaborate, communicate, connect. Like, it may sound kind of hokey and cheesy, but this is how – this is modern leadership. This is how you connect with Gen Z. This is how you connect with millennials. And Mike Zimmer clearly wasn't well-versed in that connection in the last couple of years. And Mike was the right guy at the right time. I think O'Connell is the same thing. Now the question becomes this, can he coach? Like it, because we, we can look at the connection aspect and those things are incredibly important. But once the games start, can you coach? And and that becomes the, the most important thing. And also, I'll say this about coaches, especially pro coaches. I want a coach who is himself. Childress came in as Belichick. That didn't work. So then he went and hung with Dungy. Now I'm going to be Dungy. Um, I don't want that. I want a person, good or bad, and I will give, give you what I think is a perfect example right now of a guy who's starting to succeed and he's sort of rough but he's himself chris finch chris finch is himself yeah you could tell there's no bs there's no attempt to be i'm gonna be uh, um uh, uh phil jackson today and and today i'm go- going to be pop chris finch is true to who chris finch is and the most important thing is this chris finch can coach so so like the o'connell thing as far as did i walk away from that press conference saying i smell a lot of bs absolutely not does that mean that I automatically think he's going to be a success? We don't know that. I think that's the fairest thing to say. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Chris Miller via the Score North app, and he's referring to the fact that Kevin O'Connell did not mention Daniil Hunter's name at the press conference. He yeah. he you know, lavishly praised Harrison Smith, and then he brought up Kendricks and Barr and obviously Kirk Cousins, but uh, Phil, I have a question for you. I don't know if this has been brought up or not, but with Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach for the Vikings, going to the Giants, and the Giants having multiple first-round picks, do you think Daniil Hunter could be a fit there? I mean, I'll just say, if the guy's played seven games in two years, he's still in his prime, he's a Hall of Fame caliber player when he's healthy, but there's just there, there's been some... Bad blood with the organization about his contract. He's not on the field. If the Giants wanted to solve this conundrum by giving me a first-round pick for Daniil Hunter and take the contract conundrum off of my hands, I would say yes if I were Quasi. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Are you kidding? Yes. If, if, I, if I can get a first-round pick, um, my first choice is not to trade him. But, and we still don't know this, when you're going to switch to a 3-4 base defense, which which I know you play, you still play multiple different styles of fronts. But if you're going to switch to, to that, and the hunter camp comes in and says, you know what, uh, we're really not into to that switch. And I find that I can get a first round pick. With this team right now, I'm running to that trade. 
Now, now, if this team, in my opinion, was on the precipice of Super Bowl or bust, then I probably don't. But yeah, anything that I can do, and I don't care if that's Daniil Hunter, I don't care if that's Kirk, anything that I can do right now that could net me a first-round pick, I am taking it. Because the options then for trades and for, for more moves and to potentially solve the QB conundrum becomes greater. I've got more assets to, to do it. So yes, where the Vikings are right now, I think Quazy would be nuts not to give a lot of thought and probably make a trade that gets him first round picks. Uh, Dan Heasley via the score North app says, I heard a national football personality say Kellen Mond would be the first or second quarterback taken in this year's draft. Everyone keeps saying draft a quarterback this year and get him developed. Couldn't they just develop Mond and use the first round pick on a different position? What do you guys think? Dex, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I agree with this because I believe the, when the these quarterback rankings started came coming out for this draft class that it might have been Sims too, who was very high on on Kellen Mond. Chris Sims was that if if he was ranking these quarterbacks, if they were if this quarterback class you took from last year and put it in with this year, um, that basically Kellen like all the the top quarterback would still be the fifth quarterback off the board. So it was that Kenny Pickett. I know this was before Malik Willis's pro day, so that stock maybe has has shot up a little bit, but basically. The first four quarterbacks that went off the board last year in 2021 uh, would still be consensus above the quarterbacks that are coming into this year. So I, I'm not ready to give up on Kellen Mond either, and especially when you're starting to bring in some of these guys that are familiar with them um, and former Texas A&M guys. I'm curious on the development of them too. Like I don't think we just completely wash away what Kellen Mond can't do, even though he basically sat and was inactive for all of last season. I'm curious of his development. There's no reason to just completely punt on him quite yet, even if the odds are against him being a viable starting quarterback in the NFL. And punting on him right now would be stupid. We have no idea. Like, we didn't, it's not like he failed. They put him in for three plays against the Packers, and the head coach bashed him. Like, we have no clue. And and to think that... He was pretty, pretty bad on those three plays, I will say, but yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, he didn't practice really. He had no chance. It's why I said... And Mike was never going to do this, but it's why I said they should have prepared him the whole week for that last game against the Bears and started him to at least put something on film. Like now they're coming in with practice film, and there's not going to be a ton of of that. So, yes, I agree that the development of Mond is is not just um, smart. It's absolutely positively necessary. The second thing is, and I know this is rare for me, but on quarterbacks. This is where I'm going to apply trust and say this. No hot take here. You just got a new GM and new coach who was a third-round pick of the Patriots in 2008 and was a quarterback. He just came from a system with Sean McVay, who is a quarterback whisperer. I am going to put, until I'm proven completely wrong, my trust in the fact that these guys can identify and know when the time is right to take a quarterback. So like if they look at this draft class and they're like, I don't think so. More power to yeah, pass on quarterbacks because in their opinion, the 2023 QB class far superior. So as a guy who sat here for what Phil, the last three, four, five years and constantly said, in my opinion, Rick Spielman cannot find one. And we went back and forth, but I said, I don't think, he can find one. I don't mm-hmm. trust him. I am now going to transfer that and put my trust 
in the fact that you have hired people who I think a main reason why they got the job is to find one. So the second guessing is not going to start until they prove that they can't do it. And they're far from that. Yeah. Uh, a couple thoughts on this. This, this is a really good question by uh, Dan Heasley. I feel like there's like a 20% chance Mond pans out to be a viable starting quarterback based on third, fourth round pick track records. If you're a quarterback. So I, I wouldn't get too excited about like, it, he's always been a lottery ticket. Now that lottery ticket has a better chance to cash with Kevin O'Connell overseeing his development than Mike Zimmer. And it's not close. So yes, I will go as far as saying I'm curious to see Mon's development if I had a chance to draft someone like Malik Willis, who's much more mobile than Kellen Mond, looks like he has a, a bigger arm, uh, does need some development. But like Malik Willis and Kellen Mond are not on the same planet in terms of upside. So if I had a chance to draft Malik Willis, I would I would absolutely strongly consider that at 12. But I'm not going to force it. I think where I would agree with this is I'm not going to if, if I feel like, you know, I, I have to trade up five spots for a quarterback that's a developmental project and next year's class is better than okay let's all right let's roll with Kirk or a bridge quarterback not named Kirk you know and and see if we can develop Mond and and then go forward in 2023 the other thing that people do and this is across all sports if if a rookie doesn't perform right away or if a prospect in baseball struggles when they get called up to the big leagues for the first time it's like their stock falls off a cliff right but it doesn't mean that they're a failure it just means that it's going to take some time. And that's kind of how I feel like we, we got our first taste of Kellen Mond and he looked totally unprepared <laughs> in that game against Green Bay. And he was just like, and he was, and he was, but it doesn't mean that like, Oh, no, because he didn't do anything in the first year that now he's a bust. So right. um, James Kelly, James 20 Kelly on Twitter says your boy Judd, maybe with the softest block ever. I politely disagreed with him over his Deshaun Watson topic, and the dude blocks me on Twitter. Disagree with you guys on your Vike stuff recently, but that was a soft, S-A-W-F-T, soft, soft move by Judley. He's a daily listener. What Are you just on a blocking rampage you right know, now? No, what are you, not what are you really. doing, man? No, no, no. I, in you fact, can mute I, people. I rarely, I rarely block. I often mute. Um, the problem was... I was at the Wolves game and I answered the question and we went back and forth and then he kept debating me and debating me. And it got to a point where I, where I, I said, in fact, the block went like this. I said, I didn't want to have to do this. Bang. <laughs> oh my Bang. God. Wow. Why did, but why did you choose the block over the mute in this? Because case? I felt, I felt a lesson needed to be taught. Okay. So a mute, a mute is, uh, I just can't stand this bozo. Um, a block is, and, and James, I will unblock you. Okay. But if we're going to go back and forth, that's Lesson cool. Learned. But at some point in time, let's stop. Let's stop. Like we can't, I, I don't have an, it, I was at the game trying to watch the game and I'm trying to respond because I try and respond to tweets. I will uh, happily engage people who want to debate things for the proper reasons yes you are a right? master debater absolutely I, I love to debate i am but you know what i don't want i don't like if you just love kirk just say judd i love kirk and i'll be like okay cool then i'm just out but anyway so james kept pushing it and pushing it and this this master debater finally said <laughs> that's enough 
less than time. And James, I will unblock you. Um, I appreciate you listening, but at some point in time, we have to stop. Sports yeah. Dad has other things to do. He's got to do the taxes. He's got to pay the bills. So that's why. Okay. What, what's our What's our tax deadline this year? By the way, that's a great is it, question. Is it, is it back to normal? I think it's back to normal. Do we, do we still need to pay taxes, or did that get wiped out? Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, April eighteenth. So we are exactly two months away from tax day as of okay. this recording. Make sure. So yeah, like okay. sixty days. So, I so usually listen, wait James. So James, Judd's going to unblock you, but listen, Judd's got to do his taxes. Okay, he doesn't have time to go back and forth. I got my tax forms. So it's okay. J- so it's James what? Uh, James twenty Kelly on James Twitter 20 at Kelly. James okay. twenty. I got to go find him and unblock him. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, if you guys are interested in some Division One hockey here uh, this weekend, the St. Thomas men's hockey team is wrapping its home schedule against Lake Superior State. You can check them out. TommySports.com for tickets. Friday and Saturday night are the last two home games for St. Thomas hockey. TommySports.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company because they have been helping businesses maximize their potential and minimize risk. For over a hundred years, they're based in Owatonna, Minnesota, and um, they just have some of the the best resources and most wonderful people to help your business and support your business. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, let's see what else we got here on this feedback. Friday, Matt from St. Paul via the score North app says I'm higher on, and he's talking about bridge quarterbacks here. If, if they can't uh, come to some sort of, contractual agreement with Kirk Cousins I'm higher on Gardner Minshew than Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota because we know what Winston and Mariota are Minshew may not even have reached his ceiling yet why not a bridge quarterback that has some upside and the potential to be more than just a bridge quarterback listen I would not at all be opposed to one year of fun with the sword wielding Gardner Minshew at that salary too yeah, hell like, yeah. Like, yeah, like a million, two million bucks yeah, or something. He'd be, a, he'd be a lot cheaper than Jameis and Marcus Mariota. Yep. But even Jameis and Mariota are probably going to come in under $10 million yeah. just based on like injuries. Mariota and... would, I think, for sure. Jameis, I don't know. That That's a good question. But uh, yes, yeah. I am the bridge QB idea in particular for 2022. I'm all in. Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't want to spoil any questions here, but I'll throw this one out because I think I hear a lot of people saying, well, why can't Cousins be the bridge quarterback? Well, he could, I mean, he might be, he could be, but if you can get a first or a second round pick for him and, and get rid of a bunch of that cap, you know, that he's taking up, you could get a draft pick for him, clear some cap space and then sign a cheaper bridge quarterback. That's why. But no, he can't be a bridge quarterback that cannot make. Kirk's salary like that's the whole thing I don't understand we're not debating him as a person his salary is out of line it's out of order he is he is making he can't be a bridge quarterback what what's the price so so a bridge QB what's the max that that you would consider a bridge QB to make I, I, I don't care I don't really honestly I'm not hung up on his salary as much if it's been decided that Hey, we're retooling here, and just for whatever reason, he's going to be the bridge. I'm I'm less concerned about that. But I, but what I'm saying is, if if my bridge quarterback options are Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota, and I know Cousins is better, but that doesn't matter in this discussion. Mariota is Correct. capable enough. Correct. If if I can get a a draft pick or two for Cousins, yes, 
it's a no brainer. So I get, I get a bridge quarterback and I get two draft picks as opposed to just having a bridge quarterback that to your point takes up a huge chunk of the salary. I just consider calling Kirk potentially or, or saying, why can't Kirk be the bridge QB? I consider that like saying, why can't, why can't this mansion be be the house I stay in until I get a bigger mansion? Like well, a, well, uh, some people do live their lives that way. Think that way. Okay, yes. but that's an irresponsible way to live your life, and you <laughs> not shouldn't if you're do rich. It. Not, yeah, not if you got right, but but not if you have. But 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 here's the thing. See, you just hit on the key. But you have a budget. That's what the National Football League does. It creates a budget. You're right in baseball. I got a mansion, going to get a bigger mansion and a bigger one and a bigger one. But you're exactly right. The NFL, the salary cap is a budget. So like to me, a bridge quarterback is a guy that you bring in, look, see on a relatively short term and cheaper deal and judge that with Kirk. I just consider him to be a mansion and he is and, and he is siphoning away from my salary cap like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, I, it's more about to me, it's less of. Like the money matters. Don't get me wrong. Like if if it's going to help me get a couple twenty seven year old free agents on multiple year contracts, but it, but it's it's the draft picks. If I can get a first round pick for Kirk, that's the most important thing. So um, Ryan Ranshaw says topic via the Scornorth app. Yep. Seems like every recent big veteran quarterback free agent or trade that pays off usually results in a Super Bowl appearance or a Super Bowl win within the first three to four years. Stafford in L.A., Brady in Tampa, Peyton Manning in Denver, Kurt Warner in Arizona went to a Super Bowl, Breeze in New Orleans, that was 15 years ago. What does this mean for Kirk already entering year five that they haven't come anywhere near a Super Bowl? Love the show, Ryan in Iowa. I think it means he's not anywhere near the same level as Tom Brady, Kurt Warner, Drew Brees, and now Matthew Stafford. Like people have, have, and I've made the mistake too. People have mistakenly put Kirk Cousins in the Matthew Stafford bin for a long time. Mm-hmm. Folks, there is a reason why Matthew Stafford was the number one overall pick 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and Kirk fell to the third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of, and, and there's a someone DM'd me a video clip today of. Like just Stafford mic'd up and just like the way that he communicates with teammates is oh, so different. different than Kirk. Like yes, it's yes, just they're different. different dudes. So yeah, I mean it's he's not Tom Brady, Kurt Warner, Drew Brees, or Matthew Stafford. Oh. And and Kirk had his chance. It was called 2018. Like he was brought here specifically to yeah. to go to a Super Bowl and the team didn't make the playoffs. And Kirk in in a winner in game in what was then week 17 against Chicago basically peed down his pants like so like that that opportunity was there um you tried you tried we all give him credit good shot good try you didn't make it so like there's just no comparison it didn't i don't understand let's move on it didn't work uh elliot via youtube says why does judd always wear a mets hat well you got a north stars hat on today but you you get a lot of flack for your mets hat you get a lot of flack for your mets hat i see this a lot too I do indeed. It is an honor of from the odd couple for our old uh, for our old crowd out there. Oscar Madison, who, of course, was was a sports writer, wore a Mets hat. And that's why it's an odd couple. It's not because I like the Mets. It's an homage to the odd couple. All right. Yeah. People do ask about that. Like, what's up with the Mets hat? It's kind of weird and random. Doesn't seem to make any sense. Um, But there now you have the answer. Uh, and then Carl uh, Carl Melkvist via the Scornorth app says, I recently watched a clip of the overtime win against Carolina 
that the Vikings had this season, including the infamous video of Kirk and Zimmer yelling at each other and grabbing each other on the sideline. Now that we know more about how the organization was run, does does it change how we judge that interaction? I love that question. Uh, I would say yes. I, I, I mean, I don't – were they about to fight? No, they weren't. But, I, think, I think Zimmer but, was about to I think, fight. I think well, he was. And I think there's no question. I think there's no question that 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 was the culmination of the differences between the, the two and the genuine animosity from both sides there, from both sides. Yeah, that the that the first reaction wasn't, "Oh, I'm celebrating with someone that I love and respect." It was, "Oh, are we fighting?" Oh, yeah, and he uh, pushed oh, him away. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was, it was just a weird, awkward exchange. Like you know. It, it, Kirk went from like zero to 60 and just like ramped up his personality and it, and, and Zimmer wasn't expecting it. Plus they don't have great chemistry and they don't like each other. So they it's, just like, they, it, it was, they're, they've never been on the same page and that was a great microcosm for yeah. their relationship. It summarized them. It summarized yeah. them as a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Feedback Friday continuing here on Mackie and Judd. And now we get into, I'm going to give people a fair warning here. The rest of these are all pertaining to Kirk Cousins. We had, and we're going to do, you know, Purple Daily reads the comments too this weekend. I would say just going to the Score North app and, and taking in all the feedback from people this week, 80% or more was related to Kirk Cousins and or just the Vikings quarterback position in general. So, so I know sometimes people are like, oh, do you guys ever talk about anything other than Cousins? The answer is sometimes, but and the reason why we talk about Cousins all the time is because you guys clearly are interested in it it's a fascinating topic he's the most important and highly paid player on the team and in town uh so that's the backdrop here but here's the first question from brett via the uh youtube channel guys almost every single pie chart of blame episode from last year had the majority of the blame going to zimmer and kubiak not cousins now since the season has ended zimmer and kubiak are gone yet you've shifted to thinking that we can't win with Cousins. Give it a freaking chance with Zimmer and Kubiak. I mean, he is right. I I can just, I'll speak for my own pie charts. I went out of my way to not put Cousins on some of those pie charts just because, like, the blame should have been spread around. But I think it's a mistake to say that, okay, the shortcomings of the Vikings over the past four years had nothing to do with an overly conservative quarterback who has sort of weird leadership skills behind the scenes, you can't just say, well, Mike Zimmer, who averaged 10 wins per season and went to an NFC championship game before Kirk arrived, just like forgot how to coach entirely. And he was the cancer. You know, Mike had some stuff that could have been better, but Kirk has been the common denominator going back to high school on teams that came nowhere close to winning championships. So that's my take on it. Unlike you, I, I think I included Kirk in my pie chart of blame as much as possible. Um, I I see because <laughs> you're a savage. Yeah. No, no, I see Spielman, Zimmer, and Kirk as all being the head of a monster that needs to to be gone, and Kirk is the one who's left. Um, I advocated months before it happened that Rick and Mike should be fired. They were. I've advocated that I think that I have seen enough of Kirk to know exactly who Kirk is. Kevin O'Connell said something yesterday that we should probably, um, we've dissected it, but we should probably dissect it from a little bit different angle. 
because it's very important to me. The quarterback coach relationship when it's clicking in 2022 is not a player coach relationship. It's not the old school. I tell you what to do and damn it. You better go out there and execute it. It's a partnership. Everything that O'Connell said, and I, and and I believe this to be no BS. Everything that O'Connell said yesterday to me reeked of partnerships. I work with people, not at people. Um, Except for what he talked about Kirk, who he's coached before. What did he say? I've got to get, I've got to get, I, as, as if, and, and again, this goes back to the comparison I've drawn for a, a long time. Kirk is a puppet quarterback. So O'Connell is saying, I've got to work the puppet strings. I've got to work. That's not ideal. That's not what you want. And so I firmly believe, and I've, I've talked about this in different sports with, with different players. I think after time, you can read what a guy is capable of doing from a mental standpoint, which to me is the most important thing. And I will stand by this. I don't think Kirk Cousins is mentally capable of doing what Kevin O'Connell is going to want from a QB. And I think O'Connell said that because the weird thing is physically he can do a lot of things, but when you don't have that next gear mentally, that's very important. And I really think what O'Connell said is when he's saying, I have to do this, I have to do that to get this from Kirk. That I think to to Quazy and to Kevin O'Connell is a problem. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway on his Kirk Cousins comments yesterday, KOC, was he praised all the physical attributes, right? The accuracy, and yep. even he compared the physical attributes to Matthew Stafford. And then he started talking about some of the mental stuff, and it was I need to help Kirk connect with his teammates, lead us, and be a quiet-minded quarterback. Yeah, and. I'll tell you, if if you gave me Kirk's arm and accuracy and experience, and then you layered on top of that a quiet-minded guy in pressure situations that connected really well with all of his teammates and was a great leader, that's a Hall of – I mean, that's like a Hall of Fame set of skills right there. Yes. But those those three mental things have not all been there for Kirk, and my biggest question is, can a guy who's about to turn 34 years old really flip a switch in those areas? Or is it more of an inherent thing that you're, you, you just are who you are? That's what they have to figure out. And I don't want a coach trying to manipulate and, and puppeteer a quarterback Kirk's age. Like if this was Mond, okay, I get that. Young guy doesn't know, trying to learn, developing, totally get that. Yeah. But you're talking about an adult. A man who is close to his mid-30s, who, by the way, has been doing this in this league statistically really well for a long time. You are basically ceding to the fact that you are going to have to to work him to get what you want. Um, And I don't think that that is a Super Bowl formula. Is, Is it a playoff team? Perhaps. But if we're talking about a championship... I think there's another step there, and I, and what I need is a player, and that position is damn tough. I am not trying to say that the, these guys grow on trees; they definitely do not. But what you are, what you need, is a player who is basically the the CEO of the players, and can work with the coach. The coach doesn't have to work him. Yeah. Hard to find, yeah. but that's how you win. Going back to just his initial question of why don't we blame Kirk as much in the season, and now we're blaming him now. I mean, looking back in 2021 last year, I would say it's the first 10 games because the Vikings were 5-5 five and five, um, 
after week 11. They beat the Packers. And it seemed like, all right, there's been some problems with play calling. There's been some missed kicks. There's been some unfortunate uh, uh, situations. But for like the first time in Kirk's career, he didn't get off to a poor start. Kirktober was a go. And everything was still kind of going well in November. But then when they went to San Francisco, things reverted back to old Kirk. When they needed a win yeah. against bleeping Detroit in Detroit, I know the defense collapsed there in the last drive. That's still, in my opinion, a little bit on Kirk. When the season is now on the line, on at, day after Christmas, at home against the Rams, and you can't deliver again, that falls on Kirk. So I, I do think we shifted our focus a little bit during the season, but then when you kind of look back on it, and there's moments in the season where you need your quarterback to save you, he did not come through in those situations. Yeah. Yep, no, that's, that's all That's all fair. Uh, Garrett via Twitter here says, Kevin O'Connell believes Kirk can be an effective QB and win games. This is literally supposed to be your arch nemesis as a coach, Phil. Well, two things. Number one, I don't know if I fully take everything at face value that was said yesterday. Um, I think Kevin is confident he can work with almost anyone and at least get more out of them at the quarterback position. And so from that standpoint, yes, I am all in on this coaching hire. I, I, I love everything he has said. I love everything that we've heard about him so far. But I think, Garrett, this is a great lesson that there are shades of gray in life, like that you think because I don't believe Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl that I think now Kevin O'Connell is an idiot somehow for, for, for speaking highly of Cousins. There's shades of gray here. Is it true that Kevin O'Connell can get more out of Kirk Cousins in certain key situations and areas of his game than Mike Zimmer? Absolutely. Do I think ultimately the Vikings are going to continue to fall short of winning a Super Bowl as long as Kirk Cousins is the starter and making a huge percentage of the cap? Absolutely. Shades of gray. I don't have to think that Cous- that, that, that KOC is an idiot because he praises a quarterback at a press conference. I mean... So I, on, I you know, let's quit dealing in, in black and white here. I think sometimes, you know, even, you know, just it's hard sometimes on Twitter. People, people say that, you know, you blame Kirk for everything. That's not true. You think Kirk's garbage. No one on this show has ever said that. We're dealing in shades of gray here with Kirk Cousins. He's one of the top 14 or 15 quarterbacks in the world. Yeah. But because of some certain deficiencies and the money that he makes relative to the cap, it's not good enough for the Vikings as a team to get to where they want to be. I also have decided he can't win a Super Bowl. Like, it's that simple. Tried. He tried. He he gave it his best. He didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. So. Yeah, they made the playoffs once in, in four years so far uh, as a team. Justin Nixon via Twitter says, how about a three-year, $105 million extension for Cousins? Barr comes back for about $10 million a year, and Daniil Hunter signs an extension around $20 million a year. Also, write out the Harrison Smith contract. I love that as a Packers fan. <laughs> yeah, I saw that tweet. Isn't that great? He's like, that's a great deal as a Packers fan. Oh, man. Um, Benjamin via YouTube says, I am amazed at how some fans can fool themselves about the quarterback situation. The Kirk, um, this is interesting. The Kirk era teams for the Vikings have never finished any closer than three games of the NFC North title. Wow. Well, the Packers won 13 the last yeah. two, three years. Yeah. The average wins for the last four years with Cousins has been eight. The previous four years, Vikings teams won the NFC North twice in four years and averaged 10 wins. Zimmer was right about one thing. An excessive quarterback salary can hurt the team 
as a whole. And this is a great point. And it's, you know, obviously like the defense eroded and there's some certain things that didn't have everything to do with Kirk Cousins, but so many people focus solely on that one, that that it's a linear move that why would you want to get worse at quarterback? Well, ideally you don't, but if I can get way cheaper at quarterback and it's not a train wreck quarterback, I can build a monster roster. I can keep certain players, right? So it's, it's a, it's funny because Kirk Cousins stands will always say, it's a team game. Why are you blaming Kirk? And I would say, you're right. It's a team game. Why are you paying this guy 15 or 20% of the cap when he can't elevate the team? <laughs> Christian Ponder made as many playoff appearances as a Viking as Kirk has. We lost Mac. Oh, there he goes. No, he's sorry. I'm, he's no, I'm, your, your, point, your point just mesmerized me yes. so much that I was. You, you froze. You literally, yes. you literally froze. You, you put Kirk Cousins and Christian Ponder yeah. in the same sentence, and I was like, what? Short circuit. Uh, Alex, is it uh, Picchietti, Pichetti on the Score North app says, I can't imagine the Vikings sticking with Kirk. I just can't see these new, innovative, cap-conscious, value-oriented dudes restructuring Cousins and keeping him as part of the future. I think that's more of, like, from, from Quasi's standpoint, less right. Kevin O'Connor. I'd agree with that. you guys think so? Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, I love this question here from Andrew Shockley via the Score North app. You guys have talked about how more often than not you either need a quarterback on a rookie scale contract or an elite hall of fame level quarterback to have a realistic chance of winning a Super Bowl. In fact, I want to say like 90% of Super Bowl winning teams since 2000 have had one of those two things. And maybe when it's all said and done, we're going to say that Matthew, you know, Matthew Stafford, who was this number one overall pick talent that, you know, maybe he's actually more of a hall of fame talent than people gave him credit for too. But let's assume the Vikings could get a first round pick for cousins. I'm curious, would you prefer either of these scenarios instead of the pick and a chance to draft a potential franchise quarterback? So here are the two scenarios. Scenario one, Cousins at his current ability level, but on a rookie-scale contract, so five ten million million a year, mm-hmm. or any quarterback in the world, so a Mahomes or a Burrow, but at Kirk's 2022 cap hit. Mm. So would you rather pay you know, 20 to 25% of your salary cap to mm. Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow, or would you rather have the current Kirk Cousins and his deficiencies, but making like 30 to $40 million less? Is my quarter, is my highly paid Kirk contract quarterback doing what Kirk won't do and allowing me to, to uh, redo the contract to have the cheap cap hit? in that year no, that's no, the question did you because, not hear the two you, options yes, that is, no i did i did but you're manipulating but, the question Mahomes, but Mahomes, Mahomes, no, and just, brady continually dial back oh, their contract no, no 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 which is no. supposed to pay them but no i would not want to have i i would prefer kirk because i can build a team around kirk no it's not why is it unbelievable just, i just gave you two options you're like what about but, this third but, option? yeah what is the hey look asterisk. they always push their money they always push their their money around and that's what kirk won't do no i would rather have i i would pref, i would take cousins on the rookie contract because i too. can build the team around him i can yeah, have a really think, good team around him well actually you know what i take that back i give me Mahomes. yeah give me yeah, <laughs> yeah my god patrick Mahomes every I'll eight take, days I'll a week Mahomes. i'll take Mahomes. yeah, yeah. at that price without <laughs> yes. with with that price. yes okay here's your problem that's all well and good except for one flaw the flaw is this you can't have the Chiefs team that was built 
last year then. So you're stripping that that team down. He re- he he renegotiated the contract immediately to give them cap room. That's why that's my point. If you're going to take Kirk at the current salary, take away O-linemen. They don't have Thune. They they don't they can't build it out. They are now not a good team around him. Is that what you want? Because that's what you'll get. I'm skeptical that the Vikings, even with like $5 million Kirk Cousins, can win a Super Bowl. Because I just, I until he proves it wrong, he's, and, and he's ha- like, he's had in Washington, right? Like they, he's had Sean McVay as a coach. He's had Kyle I Shanahan that, yeah. as a coach. He's all these different things. He's had weapons. He's had defenses in Minnesota. I, I agree. But so, I, do I think that Mahomes on a $45 million cap hit and an eroded roster can win a Super Bowl? Probably not. Right. So I, I guess I, it comes down to who do I trust? That's why I tried to change most, the question. Pro- I probably still trust Mahomes. You guys laughed at me. I tried to change the question because no, I, they, they, I had the clear options. path to a Super Bowl. You're just a Cousins crusader disguising yourself. Uh, Charles Nielsen via the scorner the at the <laughs> Charles Nielsen says, I've been listening to you guys for several years now, and as a diehard Chiefs fan living in Vikings land, there are some interesting contrasts in perspective. Before Patrick Mahomes, the two teams shared many similarities, with Alex Smith being uh, you know, basically a similar version of Cousins. But the last couple of years, while you guys have been praying for Kirk to take a few more risks, we've been begging Mahomes to take what the defense gives him, the AFC Championship game being a prime example. Don't get me wrong. I would never trade Mahomes for Cousins, but it is interesting to see the difference in perspective. The key thing with this comment, Charles, is AFC championship game. AFC championship game is a level of football competition that Kirk Cousins teams have never been to. Mm -hmm. And never mind the Super Bowls and the championship as well. Yeah, so and, I'll I'll take Mahomes' deficiencies, and maybe he should check well, down once in a while. And it is sh- I I will I will say this for Charles' point because it's a good one. The level of collapse of of Mahomes that started on that fourth down fourth and goal play it was one of the most surprising things I've seen from a star athlete in a big game ever. Um, he literally lost it, and I don't know how he didn't come back. Yeah. He was a mess. So, so in that case, I get what uh, certainly had to be the frustration of Chiefs fans. But there's a happy medium, too, between, between being dumb with the football and doing stupid things and checking down on third and 27 when the ball has to go down the bleeping field. So, like, I'm not looking for Mr. Irresponsible, but I also don't, don't want, and O'Connell referred to Kirk checking down. Somewhere in between there is a sweet spot of, of what I like to call giving yourself an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think not even third and 27. How about third and 12, right? There's, there's certain just, times or, or end game situations where it's okay to take a risk, man. doesn't matter anymore. If you throw a pick mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas via the score North app says, I enjoy your show. Thank you. Not sure I heard you mention the scenario. Vikings extend Kirk, so the contract makes it easier to trade him. What do you think about that? Um, well, actually, I think the reason why Cousins would never agree to that is because as long as his contract is set up the way that it is, which is <clears throat> this massive one-year cap hit, then it's essentially a no-trade clause because he can now dictate, hey, if you trade me here, I'm not going to sign an extension with that team and smooth out the cap hit. Sure. So it's like he doesn't have a no trade clause, but he kind of does because because you know the Vikings could trade him somewhere. But if a team says, "Well, 
if he's not going to sign an extension and smooth out the cap, and we're not going to give you a first round pick. Right. You know? Right. So, but, he, but he, he could, he and, and his camp could work out a contract extension um, with a trade pending. And that would, would get the Vikings potentially um, to your example, a first round pick. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't think we see a ton of, and I don't know what the exact rules are on what would be the equivalent of an NBA sign and trade. But no. yes, um, if you work out a deal with the Browns and Kirk's like, I love Stefanski, three more years, odds are good that you're then going to get a first or second round pick. And then just another thing here, and I, excuse me, I want to find this so I can accurately give you the numbers, but uh, the rest of his comment here, Nicholas says, I understand Cousins, uh, Cousins does melt more than the average quarterback when pressured, but everyone does worse under pressure. You must admit that the pressure is ridiculous at times. And yes, the Vikings do allow more pressures than you would like. But I just want to point something out here. When it comes to those pressure, like when you drop back and there's pressure, all right, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL yards per attempt were Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford. Both those guys averaged over eight yards per attempt when pressured. Now they threw some picks, you know, they threw a handful of picks each when under pressure, but they're also capitalizing on the upside of home run plays down the field. Cousins, on the other hand, ranked 32nd in the NFL in yards per attempt under pressure, 5.1 last year. It's just statistically, he is just not good when conditions aren't perfect. And so uh, this is the crossroads we keep coming to, right? Well, then we need to make the conditions more perfect. And I say, well, yeah, like you should always be trying to do that. But if he's that bad and that conservative when the conditions are imperfect, and now you're playing on the road in the second, third round of the playoffs, right? Like you're never going to get perfect conditions. So it's just a never ending game of, trying to make conditions more perfect, more perfect, or you can find a quarterback that can operate better when conditions are imperfect. The entire sport is designed for imperfection. So like, I, I don't know what to say. Like it's the, it is the most imperfect sport ever. There are constant breakdowns. They're designed to be there. So like, you're not going to ha- have that. And plus the thing too, with Kirk and pressure, and this is where Stafford for better or worse um, is what McVeigh wanted. Stafford gives you a chance, but he'll screw up. But what? But when he screws up, what's he doing? Delivering the football, right? He's making a split-second decision and delivering the football. Kirk, sit back in the pocket and we'll wait because he doesn't want to screw up. The problem there is you get sacked, you fumble. And look, back to Dex's point, the San Francisco game. Kirk fell apart after he threw a bad pick. That didn't have to happen. The pick did. Who cares, right? Shake it off. We're in San Francisco. This is a tough place to play. They're really good. They are tough. You know what, guys? We're back. But instead, it didn't just affect him for the rest of that game. I contend it affected him for weeks. Like like the Kirk Cousins after that that pick was back to the gun-shy skittish. I made a mistake. I don't want to ever make a mistake again. And, And that, to me is an unworkable quarterback, unfortunately, in in that vein, in this league today, because it's constant failure. And I would argue, too, that he actually makes the offensive line worse than a lot of other quarterbacks would because of some of the things you're talking about. Uh, Prashant, via the Scorner app, says, trade Kirk Cousins and a fourth to a quarterback-needy team for a first-round pick and a bridge quarterback in return. Could be Cleveland. Sign Brandon Scherf. Draft Tyler Linderbaum. The center from Iowa. So you have the a couple a couple Iowa guys in the middle there. 
and uh, then draft uh, a quarterback like Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter with your second first-round pick. Restructure Adam Thielen, trade Harrison Smith, draft a corner and a receiver in the second and third rounds, re-sign Pat P, and uh, restructure Daniel Hunter. Let's get it. Build your team to be competitive in 2022 and pop off in 2023. Dude, where do I sign up for this? Yeah, actually, I'm all, in on, I'm all in on that plan. It's crazy. Can, can Prashant be the assistant general manager? It's, cra- it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's burner account. Is that what happened? Yeah. Did we just get an email from uh, the new Vikings GM? He's like, here's what I'm going to do. Prashant, <laughs> you guys. Sounds like a great offseason blueprint, man. Love it. It's great stuff. All right. That's uh, that's your feedback Friday here, Mackie and Judd. We are at your service. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy. That's right. And uh, Judd's Mets hat. What the people want to know about right and manipulating <laughs> questions. I've got them. Hey, I here's you option guys one clear, and two. And I you're like, you guys what about pass? the third option? Because I can't have that. I can't have. Well, that. then you can't answer I the question. It. You're not answering the damn question. I answered the question, but I told you what the better response was. Uh, do you guys want ketchup or mustard? Judd's like, ooh, ooh that. Uh, well, that, I, I see that spicy mayo is uh, not yeah. not <laughs> available there. Give me the damn spicy mayo. Oh, man. All right. That's a wrap on uh, Mackie and Judd here. Feedback Friday. We'll see you guys over on Purple Daily, where we also have this weekend uh, a dive into the comment section. Tons more on Cousins and the KOC Vikings era. See you guys. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.